Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, we're going to jump right into the word right now. Uh, the message or the sermon series we've been sharing over the last few weeks is entitled Abide. And that's um, something that, that, that's really been uh, heavy on my heart, Abide. And, and if you haven't been part of the sermon series, I'm going to talk a little bit about what that means. Uh, so we'll jump right into the book of John. Chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. And this has been our theme verse for the last few weeks where it says, Abide in me. And uh, this is Jesus talking to you and I. He was talking to the disciples, but the same word pertains. Jesus says, Abide in me. Abide means remain. So abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless... You abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And um, you could just leave that verse up there for a minute. Um, just the more I see this verse, the more it speaks to me. Even as I'm standing up here, I just feel the, the, the that's what the Word of God does. When, when you begin to open the Word of God and ask God for, for wisdom from it and, and allow the Holy Spirit to, to um, speak to you through it, all of a sudden it becomes alive to you. And, and what you didn't see a minute ago, you, he, he shows you. And, and just that last part where he says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus is saying to all of us. And so many of us, and, and the people around us, and the, you know, the people that we met in Pan's Landing, Landing yesterday, they, perhaps they have big fancy titles, perhaps some of them have fancy houses, and, 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 and they, on the outside everything looks good, but according to this verse, apart from him, none of that matters. Yes. Apart from him, we do nothing. Yes. And so that's what we're here today, to talk about how can we allow him to abide in us, and us, how do we abide in him? And for the last few weeks, we've been talking about that. The definition of abide is to remain stable, fixed, to continue or remain in the same place. And what, 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 what the reason for this sermon series is that I believe, and many of you know, that the Holy Spirit wants to abide in this place. Yes. He wants to abide in your house. He wants to abide in your life. He wants to abide in the relationships of your life. And so more than anything, that's what I want. In fact, as I was worshiping here, I just, Lord, would you just, would you just remain in this place? Would you remain in this place so that we can find, because where he's at, there's freedom, right? That's why we want him here, because where he's at, there's provision. I don't know about you, but I need some more provision in my life. How many need some provision in their life? Where God provides, Right? And not only does he provide in material stuff, but he provides in some spiritual uh, things. He provides in every area of our lives. Those things that perhaps your wife or your best friend can never provide for you, he's able to do that. And that's why we're talking about him abiding in, in, our, in, in here, in our lives, and us abiding in him. And the next picture you guys have seen for the last few weeks, but we're going to show it, is the tomatoes. Maybe I don't have it. There it is. Okay. And that's a vine that is, that's a plant that's, that's giving fruit. It's bearing fruit. And I know that we have a brother in the house who's been showing off his garden. Ron's been showing off his garden. And he showed us the first fruits this week. 
the first fruits. I don't know if you bought any church, but <laughs> for the pastor, right? Um, but but um, but that if you look at that, that's what your spiritual life should look like. You should be bearing fruit. God created you to bear fruit, and so we have to ask ourselves: Are we bearing fruit? Are we bearing much fruit? A little bit of fruit? Are we bearing any fruit? Are we bearing some plastic fruit, right? We talked about that the other day. Um, and how, how, how do we get there? We need him to abide in us so that we're nourished, so that we can bear fruit. And there's four essentials that we've been talking about on how to abide in him. And the first one we talked about was surrender. Have to surrender to him. We gotta let some stuff go. Um, the second one is humility, which we talked about last week. And it's a powerful one, and it doesn't come naturally to us, but there's so much power in humility. God honors humility. He honors when we surrender. And I was talking to somebody the other day, and maybe I even said it here, I'm not sure. But, you know, we, we get to surrender to God, and it looks like a weak place, but it's a strong place. Talk about repentance. When we can come before God and say, I'm sorry, forgive me. It's such a beautiful privilege that we have that sometimes we look at it as a negative thing because the enemy tells us that it's a sign of weakness. The enemy tells us that repentance and, and surrender and humility are negative things, but the Bible tells us that they're a place of strength. Amen. That it takes some guts and it takes some manning up and some womaning up, right, to get to a place where you can humble yourself. Yes. Because we're so full of pride and we're surrounded by so much pride, right? But as we begin to walk in this place of surrender and humility, you begin to understand that there's strength there. That all of a sudden, he gives me a godly confidence that I didn't have before. All of a sudden, I begin to see things differently. Right? And I'll tell you one thing. People in hell wish they had that opportunity. To surrender, to humble. And we have that opportunity here. We have that opportunity. We don't take advantage of it well, sometimes because we're embarrassed, because we're scared about what are people going to talk about, because we're, 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 we're worried so much about our reputation, when it's a privilege. I'll tell you, every, and I don't do it all the time, but when I get a chance, I just repent, God, if there's something I did that I don't even know about, forgive me, right? Sometimes we need to go up to a brother and sister and say, look, whatever it is, man, I'm sorry, Right? Forgive me. Can we move forward? Because I need him to abide in me. Yes, and this can't get in the way. Yes, right? Sometimes we get stuck in a place, maybe it's a family member, but, but it, we got to get to a place where we're like, we can't allow this relationship to get in the way of this relationship. Because yeah? I need him to abide in my life. And so today we're going to talk about obedience. And that's another word that many times it rubs us the wrong way. I don't like to be told what to do. Ask my wife. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like to be told what to do, even when I'm wrong. Because what? There's this little boy in me who still gets angry, right? There's this little kid in me who gets, who gets an attitude when I'm told what to do. And a lot of us still have that. And we're not, we don't want to obey. Uh, we all want to be the boss, right? I, I love when my nephew comes to my house and there's nobody else, it's just me and him. And I can tell him, I'm the boss now. Right? And he says, yeah, you're the boss. <laughs> because he got no other choice, right? And so, I, I wouldn't call that, if I tell him to do something, he's gonna do it. He's not doing it out of obedience, 
right? He's not being, he's not being obedient to me. He's just scared, right? I mean, but, but that happens to us too sometimes in our walk with the Lord. It's not always obedience, right? It, it, it may look like obedience to some other folk, but in our heart it's not being obedient. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. First Samuel chapter 15 verses 22 and 24. Talk about a powerful story. Powerful story here. It says, but Samuel, and Samuel was the prophet. He was the man of God. He says, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, and I'm saying it to you. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering of the fat rams. This is Samuel, the prophet, the man of God. He's talking to, to King, to the King Saul. King Saul was there, and he's having this conversation with King, with the King, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we talk about the story, let's see what, what does obedience mean. Obedience means this: compliance with an order, a request, or a law, where voluntary submission is necessary. To somebody else's authority. Yes, Lord. That's what obedience is. And so, even those words, compliance, um, order, law, some, that rubs us a lot, a lot of us the wrong way. It's not easy for us to like feel warm and fuzzy when you see the word obedience. When you're looking at the word of compliance. Um, but God is, God, is, God is calling us for that. And so let's talk about how do we get to a place of obedience. Because I will tell you this, that as you begin to live a life of obedience, God begins to flow through you. As you begin to live a life of obedience, the Holy Spirit begins to, what, he begins to, to show you your purpose, your true purpose. And all of a sudden he begins to flow through you and all of a sudden you're not the same person. So how many can raise their hand here and say, I'm not the same person I was two years ago, right? I'm not the same person. I'm not perfect yet. I haven't maybe discovered my total purpose, but I'm on the way. And part of that journey is obedience. Yeah. So obedience, it includes some of these things. Trust. Relationship. Obedience is a choice. You have to choose it. And it's not easy all the time. It takes submission, which is not always fun. And obedience at the core root of everything is in your heart. It's in your heart. We're going to talk a little bit about that because no matter what we talk about up on this stage, God is about, it's about your heart. It all comes down to your heart and where your heart is because that's what God sees. God doesn't see the exterior. He sees your heart. And that's why even when no one else has any hope in you, God can see the deepest parts of your heart. Yeah. He can see what nobody else sees. He sees uh, uh, through all the pain and all the walls and all the things we've built up. He sees it, and thank God he does. Because yes. if he did not see it, none of us would be in this room, right? But he's good. We just talked about how good he is. And because of his mercy, and because he still believes in you, we're here. No matter what you did, no matter where you've been, or no matter what your story looks like, God is for you today. Can we give him a hand for that? We talk a little bit about these. I wasn't going to, but I talk a little bit about trust and relationship. If I'm going to obey somebody, I need to have some trust. I was in the army a lot of years. 
And there was some, some leaders that I trusted, right? There was a leader I trusted, a couple leaders in my, in my walk in the army that I trusted with, with my life. It didn't mean, it didn't mean that if they asked me, that if they asked me to do something dangerous that I could have, that I could not, maybe I was going to die. I remember I had a, a, a sergeant. I was young. I was like 17 years old, 18 years old. And I had a, a sergeant who was a little guy, uh, a redhead guy. And I, I'm trying to remember his name, but I can't remember, remember his name. Uh, we used to call him Sergeant D. I forget his last name, but he was, man, he was, he loved us, man. And you could just feel it. It's like a teacher at school. You know the teachers that love you, right? And you know the ones that don't. You just know it. Kids know it. And the same thing when we were in the Army. We knew the leaders who cared about us, right? Because this, this sergeant, man, and he, I learned so much from him. I remember one time we were so tired. We had been working like from 5 in the morning, and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And they sent us on a mission. And he came, he's like, we're going on a mission. And we're like, you got to be kidding and he says, we got to go pick up this wire. And it was like, it was all this wire. And so we drive out there, and he's in charge, right? And he says, come on, we got to get it. And we're just weary. We're like, we, we don't want to go. And he said, that's good. Y'all just sit there. I'm going to do it. And he went, he started loading that truck, that dump truck with wire. And we just watched her for a little while. We're like, hold up. We went and we worked. We did. We went and we, we said, get out the way, Sergeant. We got it. And we did it. We were tired. But we were obedient to him because there was trust. Because there was relationship there. And so in order for us to be obedient to God and his word, there has to be some level of trust and relationship there. Right? We need that trust and relationship. That even, you know, even if I die, because my life is no longer my own, that's what we sing. Even if I die, I'm going to be obedient to him. Right? Hallelujah. May not make a lot of sense to some of us, but some of y'all are getting this, all right? But but obedience is a choice. So when we were there with, with the sergeant trying to load that truck, it was it was a choice we made. We could have, he said, oh, he's going to do it. Let him do it. We'll just watch him, right? But we had relationship with him. There was a level of trust. So we said, no, we got it. We were obedient because of the relationship we had. And that's why we need relationship with our father, our good, good father, so that we can then obey him, Right? When, when Abraham was about, when, when God said to Abraham, you, you have the son of the promise, he was a miracle baby, uh, where, where, where Abraham and his wife Sarah were old. They were in their 90s, all right? All of a sudden they get this promised child that was going to, you know, he, that, that God was going to promise the nations through. And God says, take the child, take him up to the mountain, and sacrifice him to me. And what did Abraham do? Abraham said, but I'm sure he thought this, if not said it. He said, but, but that, that's the child of the promise. Yes. That's the covenant child. You must be mistaken, God. How would you take me, take the, the promise that the miracle where, where my wife's womb was dried up when she was, all of a sudden you brought a life through it. And then you're telling me to take this baby to the mountain. But what did he do? Because there was trust and relationship there. Even, I'm sure he disagreed. He took that son up to the mountain, right? And they set up an altar. And when, when Isaac, his son, turned around, he tied him up and he put him on the altar. And his, his son was like, what's going on? And the Bible says that, that Abraham took out the knife to, to slay his own son. And I'm sure as he did it, he's thinking, there's something not right here. And God said, stop. Stop. That's the son of the covenant. I just needed to test you, right? And the only reason he could do it, because he was being obedient. And in this journey, I guarantee you, 
There's going to be some moments in your journey where God is going to ask you to do something and it ain't going to make sense. He's going to ask you to kill something precious in your life. Right? And that is the difference between the one who's going to move forward in obedience and the one who's going to rebel and say, no, God, that don't make sense. Right? And so we all want to get to the promised land, right? We all want to live out the promise. But in order to do that, we need to obey him, even when it's not logical. Right? Even when everybody says, oh, we ain't got the money to do it. Right? But pastor, we ain't got the money. I don't know. I'm just being obedient to God. God said, do it. We're just going to do it. Right? Yes, sir. And there's some moments in this journey that I guarantee you that you're going to have to either, there's two choices, either we obey or we rebel. Yeah. There's no in between, brothers and sisters. And so we can, I'm telling you right now, the best choice is obedience. Yeah. And again, it's a choice. It takes us submitting. And then God looks at the motive of your heart of why you're obeying. Yes, Lord. Why are we obeying? And it's a heart thing. So let's go back to the story. You got Samuel talking to the king, and he says, it's better to what? To obey than to sacrifice. He says, obedience is better, right in that verse, than sacrifice. Submission better than offering. Because what happened? Saul had received a, a command from God a few verses before that. Verse 3, and then you're not going to see it. But verse 3, God says this to the king. He says, go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. The Amalekite nation. He says, men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, donkeys. He says, destroy them all. Kill them all. And so Saul gets 210,000 men, soldiers. 200,000 from Israel and 10,000 from Judah. And they go down and they slay the Amalekites. But he didn't kill them all, like God said. He kept the king alive. He kept the king alive. And he kept the best cattle and sheep. He didn't kill the, the good stuff, right? So he was only partially obedient. Verse 9 tells us that. It says, Saul, King Saul and his men spared Agag. He was the, Agag was the king. Spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs. Everything, in fact, that appealed to him. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. Yes. And so when Samuel confronts the king and he says, what were you supposed to do? He said, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. And, and Saul comes, he, he's truthful. He says, it's true. In verse 15, he says, the army spared the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle. Saul admitted, but they're going to they're gonna use it as a sacrifice, he says. To, to the Lord. He said, we destroyed everything else. We were obedient. We destroyed everything. But we wanted to keep this because we're going to give it to the Lord. Right? Yeah. Verse 20, it says this. He says, I did obey the Lord, Saul insisted. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back the king, but I destroyed everyone else. Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, the goats, the cattle, the plunder, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So when we're only partially obedient, we begin to justify our disobedience. Yes, Lord. Right? When we're only a little bit obedient, or obedient in one area but not in the other area, then, then we justify why. Why we're not obedient. So God tells us some things. 
that we need to be obedient to in his word, right? But, but, but this sacrifice thing, we can justify it because he says, but it's the best. We kept the best for God. And he even goes as far as telling Samuel, to your God, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. He says, to your God, Samuel, we kept the best. But this gets a little bit complicated in our relationship with God when it comes to sacrifice. I'm going to give you an example. I gave a little example of my nephew, but if I tell my son, go clean your room, right? Go clean your room. So he's got a choice. He could be obedient, right? And he can, be, he can do it because he loves me and there's a relationship there, or he can do it because he knows there's, a, 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 there's a, a consequence if he doesn't do it. And that's the difference that God sees in our heart. That's the difference that God sees in our heart. I may not see why he cleaned his room. Maybe he cleaned his room because he loves me, right? And there's a relationship. Or maybe he just cleaned it because he didn't want to hear me, right? So he made the sacrifice of cleaning the room so that he doesn't have a consequence. Y'all yeah. with me? That's good. Yes, so sometimes we're obedient, but it's not really obedience. It's sacrifice. It's sacrifice because we're trying to avoid a consequence. But it's very... It's a very dangerous place when we're living a Christian life out of sacrifice and not obedience. Yes. I need y'all to stay with me here. Here, here we right. go. Right. Here's an example. I'm a Christian, right? And I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast in obedience. But guess what? Now that I prayed and fast, God owes me. Lord have mercy. See, it's not obedience now. It's sacrifice, right? That's the difference. It's sacrifice. Because I fasted and prayed, now God is indebted to me, right? Because I went to church this Sunday, now God has to bless me this week. See, see, that's not obedience. But if I'm honest, I've been in that place, and I'm tempted to go to that place all the time, right? So a place where I served you, God, I went to church, and look. Man, I've been coming to church, and look, my work, my life is even worse than ever. I gave my life to Jesus, and everything seems to be falling apart, right? As if he owes us something. Because we're living a life of sacrifice and not obedience. I'm going to give Jesus an amen. I feel a little alone out here. And, and folks, if you've done this and you have, it's okay. We've all been in that place. We say, man, but I've been serving God, and I did. And we start saying, and I, and I, and I, and I, so you, you, you must. And we start, we start putting God on our terms, right? Yes. Instead of living a, a, a life of obedience, right? Well, well, God, I paid my tithes, and I did all this, and, and look, I'm broke. Right? Or, I don't get my tithes, right? But, I, but I'm over here, I'm obedient over here. Given over there, but, but I'm okay here, and you're just in a circle, right? You're in an in a evil circle. Uh -huh. And so you could be giving your tithes and still be living in sacrifice, or you cannot be giving your tithes and still be living the life of sacrifice because it comes down to your heart. Because it comes down to your heart. That's the place God is trying to get into your heart. So that when you give, or when you serve, or when you pray, it's not about getting something out of it. It's about doing it because of this relationship that I have that all of a sudden I become intimate with him that when all hell is breaking loose, there's still peace in my heart because I'm living in obedience to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, right? 
judge you. I'm here to wake us up, right? Because I've been there. But, but, but Lord, look what I did. I passed fasting for 40 days. I did this and look where I'm at. Where are you at? Amen. Sacrifice can become a form of buying what we want from God. We sacrifice something, and all of a sudden we feel like, okay, now you got to give me security, you got to give me rescue, you need to increase my finances, and we haven't even surrendered to Him yet. Yes. It's about making a deal with God without getting any input from Him. It's about making a deal with God when there's no relationship with Him. We say, yeah, yeah. Brothers and sisters, I believe in that. I'm here to encourage you today about this. When he begins to abide, I begin to obey. When there's intimacy here, no matter what he asks me to do, I'm going to do it because there's a trust here. There's a relationship here. There's a, 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 a that I know, that I know that he is my daddy. That even though my daddy I not let me down, even my daddy I not disappeared, maybe I don't even know who he is. But that daddy is faithful. That daddy, he's good. That daddy, he's there when no one else is there. When no one else is there. When no one Humble man. Yes, 
Loved it, loved it, loved it. I couldn't get out of my mind for like five years. Like, that's the wisdom that God has for you, for me. That you come from a place of so much selfishness, but all of a sudden there's, it becomes an intimacy between you and the Father, and all of a sudden what used to be yours is no longer yours, right? When you were held on so tightly to some of the junk that this world offers you, that offering that we hold on to so tightly, as this relationship with the Father is strengthened, all of a sudden that stuff does not become a priority and you just let it go. Just let it go. Because all of a sudden this relationship became my priority. Right? The things that matter before don't matter so much no more. The things that I own aren't that important. If God wants to give them to you, he'll give them to you. But let him, let him give them to you. Hallelujah. The attitude that Saul had of sacrifice is the one the enemy wants you to carry. Where we justify some things, where we hold on to some things that don't belong to us. And I'll tell you this, that if we hold on to that attitude, he will not, he cannot abide in this place. He cannot abide in a place of sacrifice. He abides in a place of obedience. Yes, Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Obedience is, is when we get to a place where we trust, we begin to trust God when it don't make sense, when we begin to depend on him, where there is a relationship, a bond, where he is in charge. And you and I are no longer in charge. It's a place where we depend on him, where we surrender to him, where we allow him, hallelujah, to take that place of authority so that we can obey his authority. See, God, God there is no sacrifice you can make. There's nothing you can justify because God already did it. See, he sent his son to pay the ultimate sacrifice. His beloved son who, who died a, a horrible, terrible uh, death like a convict on a cross. And because of that, God says, believe me, trust me. He says, follow me and I will abide in you and you will abide in me, he says. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Church, can we stand right now? Hallelujah. You are good, Lord. See, this is allowed, this is all about allowing him to be God. To be the Lord of our lives. It's one of the reasons we don't experience his power, his love, his peace. It's because the Christianity we're living is on our terms and not his terms. It's not coming from a place of obedience. It's where we want to take him by the hand instead of allowing him to take us by the hand. And I tell you just today, because he loves you so much, because he cares about you, he'll allow you to go through some stuff, right? 
so that we can get to a place of submission, of surrender, where we get in some places in our lives where there's no other way to turn, there's no one else to turn to except to our Father, our, our, our Daddy in Heaven. And I say this a lot here, but I'm going to say it again. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. The Holy Spirit has the answer for your circumstance. The Holy Spirit has the answer to your situation. He's the answer to your financial situation. He has the answer. But because sometimes this relationship is a little fractured, because there's not a good connection here, and because we're not living in total obedience, he can't flow. He can't flow because we don't trust him enough yet. But I tell you today that if you don't trust him, today is your day to start trusting him. Today is your time to start knowing who he truly is. If you feel something in your heart today, I'm telling you it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit confirming that what is being said is true. And the truth sets you free, brothers and sisters. The book of Mark, chapter 12, 33, Jesus says this. He says, love him with all your heart, with all your understanding and all your strength. Love your neighbor as yourself is more than more important than all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And today, I tell you, church, it's time to fall in love with Jesus once again. So with all our strength, with all our understanding, with all our heart, Lord, Lord, hallelujah, we need you today more than ever. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, for every person in this place, every child, every baby in that nursery, Holy Spirit of God, that you would invade, Lord, our hearts, God. That you would begin to transform the way we think, God. Lord, and that you would, Lord, reconnect us, Lord, to you. So, Holy Spirit of God, I pray your, your power in this place, Lord. Your love, your peace, and your joy in this place. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, with every eye closed, with every eye closed just for a moment, if you need that connection, if you know that you need to reconnect, if you know that the Lord has been talking to you today, that you want to start living a life of obedience, not of perfection. Brothers and sisters, this is not about perfection. This is about being real and authentic with your Creator. But you know that's you and you know that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you today. I'm going to count to three and I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. One, two, three. Raise your hand right where you are. Hands up all around the room. Church, I want we're going to raise our hands with church. Raise your hands with them as we pray. You repeat after me. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus. I surrender. Help me to obey. Help me to seek you. I want to find you. I need you in my life, in my situation, in my circumstance. 
in my finances, in my home. I pray this in Jesus' name. Name above all names. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. And today, before we close, if you need prayer in this place, if you need prayer, if you want somebody to pray with you, there's an opportunity where we would love to pray with you. Maybe you're going through, maybe you're sick. Maybe you're going through a financial difficulty. Maybe you're going through a time where you feel alone. And so you can come forward and we would love to pray with you for the next few minutes. Hallelujah. As the worship team sings. Be the king of my heart. Be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my son. Let the king of my listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.